Essential House Radio Show. Available now on iTunes. So the first question I've got for you is, how did you get started in the music business? Well, that's, that's, I'll try to condense it. It's not always an easy, an easy answer. Um, I, I suppose music I started, I was buying records as a teenager, and then as the as the 80s sort of kicked in and people were, were buying instruments, friends of mine were buying bass guitars and, you know, the early synthesizers, we were getting together and, and jamming and trying to make music. And uh, at the same time, I also got involved in some uh, music at a, a church near me, so I got involved in some gospel music there. Um, and, and that was good, and also some amateur dramatics for a little while, which was good fun. And then, um, not far from where I lived in North London, or on the borders of North and East London, was Eddie Grant's studio, um, called The Coach House, and that was the studio where he recorded some of his earlier hits. Uh, he'd obviously moved on to Barbados, but he always came back and forward from there, and his brother run the studio there in, um, in North London, so not far from Stoke Newington. And um, a friend of mine knew his brother, and, and you know we went around on a very cold winter's night and knocked on the door, and, uh, and eventually you know got an answer and persuaded him to listen to my voice, and uh, and could we you know at least try and cut a record there? So I was about seventeen, eighteen, and, and we, we did we did we cut two records there, and um, and that was sort of the beginnings of it. And uh, yeah, we had a bit of a false start, and it didn't come to much, but, you know, although we put in a lot of effort. And then I sort of uh, went back to working my nine to five to survive. And it was then sometime later that my father, at a boxing show, because there's always a bit of a boxing connection with me. Um, my dad ran a boxing club for many years and he was put on to a, a chap who was uh, like still there boxing. And he happened to be managing at the time, if you, you know, this will show how much uh, your, your, your musical trivia, how much your knowledge is, uh, yeah, you've got, how much knowledge you've got. Do you remember Moni Love? I do, yes. Yeah, do you remember, um, obviously the early Danny D days and uh, cool tempo, the early Cool Tempo records and cool uh, tempo, stuff yes, like that? Yeah. And he was he was looking after, he got involved with the Jungle Brothers, I'm sure you remember them, yeah. the early hip-hop stuff. So, um, And Moni had had a hit uh, with, a, with a, tra- a track called Vampire's Passing. Now this chap who my father met at a boxing show that night, he was managing Moni Love. And my dad just, you know, took it upon himself to, to make a to make a comment that I could sing, and he said, you know, my son can sing. And then uh, this this chap, um, thought, why well, he gave my dad the benefit of the doubt, so I'm going to come and see you this weekend and listen to what your son is up to. And uh, he came over and listened to the demos, and um, yeah, he liked them. And he thought, you know, let's get in the studio and do some recording. So we did. I think within a few weeks of that, we went into the studio with Richie Fermi and started to lay down the ideas for Outstanding. And then after that, we sort of walked that naturally into Cool Tempo, which, where, which was where Moni Love was signed to because he managed her. So that's the connection, you know. That was how it, that's how, I mean, that's, you know, I could have made it even more long-winded than that. But certainly that's how it, that was, that's how it all uh, transpired. And then obviously we did a lot of work and got out on the road and did lots of gigs and public appearances up and down the country. And we really worked hard for, for a good year or so to make before it went off, you know. I mean, I was reading in the biography as well, you supported <coughs> Level 42 um, on the UK tour back in 2006, if I remember right. Um, what was it like? What was it like being on tour with those guys as well? Oh, that was great, because Level 42, you know, you, you know who doesn't love Level 42? They're just fantastic musicians, they've had some amazing hits. And just to be their special guest on, on the UK tour, which obviously went around the country and then, you know, it sort of culminated at the 
the Albert Hall in London. It was, it was awesome. And uh, to get to hear, you know, um, Mark King play every night and sing, you know, with Mike Lindup and also at the time it was Gary Husband on drums. It was just a, it was a great band. And so we had a lot of fun and uh, it was a real, real privilege. But, I've, you know, if you know my, my sort of history, I've, 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 had, I've had blessings like that all the way through. I've managed to sort of uh, dig and do shows with all sorts of artists from, you know, from your Bobby Womacks to Womack and Womack themselves and right through to you. Some of the other American acts and your Edwin Stars and uh, Lonnie Liston Smith, and I could give you a whole list of artists that I've had the privilege of, of, of gigging and working alongside. So I've always, you know, I've always been lucky like that, and it's, and I suppose in a way that's always kept me, um, you know, it's just kept me quite, uh, I don't know, infused and attracted to the game. I've never bored of it because I still feel like I'm a bit of a teenager when you get to meet some of these stars like just over a year ago when I got to sing for Quincy Jones those sort of things they do they keep you forever young because you inside you do still feel like you're that you're that young kid that walks into the record shop and buys that that record that they've been after for the last three weeks waiting for it to come in on import you know what I mean yeah I mean one of the biggest tracks that I'm sure the listeners know is thinking about your love have you ever mm. been tempted to go back in the studio and bring it back up to date because that type of tempo, that type of track seems to be quite big in the charts at the moment. So have you ever you know, attempted to, to do an up-to-date re- rework of it? I did re-record it for an album. I did re-record it for an album that I put out called Breathe. Right. And I went a little bit more sort of clubby R&B with it. And it, it was nice. Um, no, I'm not sure, really. I mean, to re-record it with one thing, I mean, it, you know, you'd have to have an enormous push behind it to make it work at radio. And I think some of, some of the radio stations, but when, it, when it's almost become like an iconic sort of classic like it is, um, you can run the risk of <coughs> spoiling it by touching it again. And I don't, it's okay when you do, like I did do it for the Breathe album, and it was nice, but I wasn't trying to compete with the original, I was trying to do something very different, and certainly not to release it as a single. I agree with you, it probably could be a hit again, and it may well do be a hit for someone else if they were to cover it. But whether I could revisit it and try to push it as a single, I doubt it. Um, plus, uh, you know, the, the album I'm currently recording is, is, is quite different, so it wouldn't really fit into that. So that was going to be the next question. What are you busy up to at the moment? What are you in the studio recording? I'm recording a new album and, uh, yeah, just busy writing that and laying down the vocals and getting the mixes done. And, uh, yeah, that, that's all, you know, about, I don't know, just over a third, maybe just under half of the way through. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, and there's, there's all sorts of projects going on. I've also just done a guest vocal on a track for a, a, a German group called Call Million. Right. And um, yeah, and then I've also just done a track, a vocal for um, the Doggett Brothers for their new album that's coming out next year. So they're like, a, you know, there's a, 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 two brothers, one's a drummer, one's a guitarist, it's a bit jazzy and quite funky. So there's lots going on. Very creative time at the moment for music. I say I've had quite a few bits and bobs doing quite a few different remixes from Cool Million as well. They, they're doing some really good stuff at the moment. How did you get mm. with them or how did you hook up with them? I can't really remember how it happened with Paul Million. I'm not sure whether they approached me or I approached them or, or they were working with some other artists I knew, but somehow we our paths crossed and then we that they you know, so quite a while back they sent me a track and I got recording on it and then it's just really just grown from there and I went out to Germany and did a gig with them. 
And then my wife did a record, did a, did a track on one of their albums as well, because she's a, she's a singer-songwriter. So, yeah, it's all it's all kind of been really, it's something that's just evolved, it's been quite organic, but, uh, and often, as is, as is the case with these things, you can't quite remember how you, how you got it going on, you know? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you've got a massive gig coming up just before Christmas in Middlesbrough with Steve uh, mm-hmm. Steve Teasdale. How did you get working with him? How did you end up meeting Steve? And how did the gig come about as well? That's another one because I've known I've known Steve in the past, <coughs> and um, and I know I've, I've done I've worked with him and done gigs with him before. And, you know, you know so many people. You've been around the game for like twenty odd years, like I have. You, you know so many people. It's almost frightening, you know. Um, so with Steve, I think he just, I mean, he, I think he may have contacted me via Facebook or he might have even had my number and just got hold of me and said, I want to do another show, you know, I want to do a, a gig in Middlesbrough. So and I hadn't been back to that part of the world for some time. I do a lot of stuff up north, northeast, northwest and all the rest of it, but I was even in, uh, you know, in Glasgow the other day, but certainly Middlesbrough I haven't been for a while, so it's good timing and it's, and, and, you know, leading up to Christmas, I think a lot of people are, they're up for a bit of a, a night out, as, uh, you know, uh, as we'll find out in the next, uh, next few weeks, you know. I mean, what I can gather, it looks as though the ticket sales have gone through the roof, it looks as though it's going to be near enough for sellout, so it should be a good gig. Do you know how mm. long you're going to be on stage for? And do you know um, what type of stuff you're going to be doing? Are you going to be yeah? On average, it's, I mean, I'm about forty-five minutes to an hour. Right. Normally an hour, but it'll all be the hits. It'll be the, the soul hits, and then I throw in a few other little covers and a couple of other bits, you know, and some of my more obscure stuff that wasn't hits, but it's quite big on the soul scene, like him and Crazy World, and depends on the audience. I can chop it and change it as as I'm as I'm you know going along, really. Um, but the main thing is just to get people, you know, grooving and uh, and, and going, you know, going mad for it. Um, and they often do. And like I found out last night, I was in a jazz cafe in London last night, and that was just like, I don't know, it felt more like a party than a, than a concert. Right. So apart from obviously coming up this week, what else have you got planned over the Christmas season? Oh, I'm, I'm busy, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at, if I look at my diary here, yeah. Obviously, there's that. I'm going... I've got gigs in Essex. I've got on the 19th of December. I'm at the Arena Milton Keynes, which is like absolutely four, over 4,000 seat venue. That is, I'm on there with Jocelyn Brown, um, Lee John from Imagination, Kim Mazzell. Yeah, so there's a good show there going on. And um, yeah, and then I'm sort of uh, down tools for Christmas, hopefully, which is unusual because normally I'm working. And um, then I'm off again after that. I think I'm off to Liverpool, then I'm in Birmingham doing a show on 27th of Jan with the live band. But yeah, I don't stop, it's busy. And then also, the other thing with 2016, I'm doing a lot of festivals, I'm going out, I'm going out, to, I've been invited as a special guest to do the lead vocals for the 80s group Living in a Box, do you remember that? Oh yes, yeah. So I'm really testing your knowledge tonight, aren't I? Oh, you keep us right on the ball. <laughs> yeah, if you, go into, if you go into a pub quiz, you'll be, you'll be dynamite after this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going out with um, with the, the two guys out of Living in a Box. The original singer, Richard Darvish, is not involved in it anymore, and from what I gather, doesn't want to do it. So they've approached me and said they, you know, they wanted to, they want to invite me on. So I've done that, and I think we've got five or six festivals that booked us. Wow! And they were like, you know, like thirty thousand, forty thousand people, you know, so, each so- one. So it's going to be. Going to be a lot of fun. Very 80s, but I'm going to be. I've also got the opportunity to, to, to throw in a couple of my songs into the set. 
and that sort of introduces me to the you know that real 80s audience that I, I kind of have the soul 80s audience but that real pop 80s audience I, I don't really have because that's a little bit before my time because I came along from 1990, 91 onwards you know but uh, so yeah it's a good it's a good thing and I'm really quite excited about that so you're doing quite a small few intimate festivals then <laughs> 40 odd thousand people yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're definitely not going to be small. They're going to be quite, they're going to be quite big. But they'll be again, there'll be a lot of fun as long as the sun's shining and the beer's flowing. Festivals seem to go rather well, you know. Brilliant. Not for me. That's not for the beer flowing for us. We, you know, we wish, uh, but we just because we have to do work and have to keep a straight head on. Yeah. But you normally find at the festivals that the people out in the crowd are having a great old time. Excellent. Um, so whereabouts can people find out and whereabouts can people get your music from and find out where you're going to be what's the best website Facebook page etc for yourself yeah for, well the music for me is uh, to get all the music well, I mean main, main people are probably, you know, if they're not streaming it on your Spotify and stuff like that they certainly you can get, you can get my stuff on iTunes um, I mean there is a jazz album I did um, a year or so ago called the Thomas Brown Affair I think you, you can get those online um, and then there's obviously the, the rest of it would just be your Amazons and uh, all those sort of places. In terms of the uh, Facebook, I mean my my fan, my sort of what I call the fan page, not my personal page, is, is facebook.com, the real Kenny Thomas, the real Kenny Thomas. Um, so that's fa- facebook.com forward slash the real Kenny Thomas. And then my Twitter, which I sort of not, I'm not a great Twitter, not not big on tweets, but twitter.com forward slash real Kenny Thomas. And so you can find information on that. Oh, you've got my website, which is kennythomas.info. Check out essentialhouseradioshow.com for all the latest information on the show.